Hello all, this is the Master's Voice. My name is Zettler Clay IV, and I'm sitting here with the honorable, esteemed Reverend Dr. Cecilia Taylor. How are you doing today? I am great. Yeah. I am great. So I'm going to get right into it. Um, you're a pastor, as I just stated. Um, you've given countless speeches <laughs> in your life you know, to audiences large and small. Um, do you still get nervous? All the time. Really? All the time, especially um, as a minister. As When you stand and you know your vessel, I don't care how much you prepare. My feeling, if you're not sweating a little bit, then, wrong. then what you're doing is more about you than about God. Mm-hmm. So I still get nervous. I still have to calm myself. Uh, and I'll give you a little hint. A lot of it has to do with the protocol I do. Uh, each Sunday when I stand. Okay. So, but, so you have a, a, a system, internal system, routine that you go through. Yeah, every you. Sunday, every Sunday. Part of it happens with uh, during the prayer, I mean, not during the prayer, excuse me, during the song that's played before the sermon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of it happens as we're going through my protocol and then as I go on my prayer. But, uh, yeah there's a lot to how get calm how important in fact we're, we're gonna go into you know how important a routine is when you before when you do this but i want to backtrack when did you start speaking to audiences it's interesting um being the introvert that i am i never wanted to speak to audiences but as a little girl in elementary school we had to do speeches and i can remember doing public speaking and being very, very afraid, uh, even in elementary school. But I think I was around eight years old when the head of the children's department at my church decided they wanted a boy and a girl to do a sermonette. And they chose me and the pastor's son and of course he had help that I didn't have because my parents are educators and engineers, so uh, no help was coming other than supporting the child. And I can remember, uh, I still remember that being the first time uh, speaking in front of people and the preparation that went in front of that and being terrified, but got through it and not really wanting to do it again. Hmm. Um, but seemingly the more, as I evolved, there became more and more opportunities for public speaking. Uh, when I became a minister, I found out that uh, my gift is not uh, extemporaneous speaking. Um, it may be down the line, but when it comes to preaching, I feel so much better when I have, I have an outline and I have the preparation right. in front of me to remind me uh, of where we're going. Uh, but uh, yeah, some people have that gift where they could just off the cuff, you know, give a you know, a missile of a of a message. Absolutely. The uh, when I when I was first licensed and ordained, I was licensed and ordained to serve at Liberty Baptist Church and the co-pastor at that time was a journalist and a minister. Mm -hmm. And to say that uh, he had a gift 
He was an outstanding orator. And I really, really did not like standing after he, <laughs> after he had preached, or even if he he read scripture. I, I didn't. I was so very uncomfortable and so intimidated by him. But uh, I learned to just be myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was himself, and I was myself. But I was always amazed at how he could um, be prepared to go one way, and the spirit would speak to him and he could give a concise thoughtful sermon going the exact opposite right. way going with the spirit going but, but going with the spirit in the moment and that always amazed me that's, that's beautiful yeah. it's really a beautiful thing um the fear of public speaking routinely ranks at the top of people's anxieties um even surpassing death in some cases, you know, some people would rather die than give <laughs> a speech in front of people. Um, why do you think this is so? The connection between our thoughts and our our words, and and actually noting the importance of your words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so even in our personal lives, you know, the whole thing. Think before you speak. Right. Um. You know that once a word is out there, it's out there. You can't take it back. Can't take it back. You know, and uh, even in today's society, I misspoke. You know, you hear all of these, these this new terminology for uh, people just not being prepared or not thinking before they speak. And so I think that fear of just making a mistake and stepping in it, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. is right there and th- and then the look oh you've done public speaking yeah yeah i have done so you work. understand what i'm saying when you stand and you look at the people there looking, is they're a looking f- back at you like what you got to say there is a <laughs> feeling wait. that washes over you unlike anything else i mean i'm feeling a little bit of it now yeah, and it's just yeah. the two of us sitting here but um to be able to handle that and 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 get your legs up under you and set your rhythm mm-hmm. and go ahead and do what you're there to do um it takes a lot it, does. it, it does. really does take a lot and so but what's also interesting is this um i was looking at the march for our lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i was noticing the young Ladies, the young girls, the young men, the young boys who were speaking, recognizing that this is probably the first time that any of them has spoken in front of audiences yeah. as large. It was one girl who threw up. I, yeah, I saw her, and yeah. I was like, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, but she, she got support from the crowd, and she finished it. But that was that was a moment. And and it was really symbolic. She said, "I threw up in front of millions of people." Yeah, in international TV, I think she said, "Yeah, yeah,", yeah. yeah. and I feel great. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and that really tickled me because I was like, "Yeah, I understand the throwing up part." Mm. <laughs> but uh, you know, there is just so much that goes into that. But I was so impressed with with their ability to get up and say what was on their heart and that was because of the passion that was behind it and the commitment that's behind it sometimes that can 
override the fear. Right. So before you have something to say, it always helps to know why you're saying it and understanding what you're saying has to be said, so to speak. Like it, it has to come through you, so you're not thinking about the results because you're you're living, you're in the moment, so to speak. Exactly. Um, you said something earlier about when you gave your first talk when you was eight, and how you said you you know you got through it, but you stumbled. It reminded me of um something that Dave Chappelle said, comedian. He said he went in front of the Apollo. He's like, I think he was a teenager, like 13, 14. And it was his family, some of his friends, and the rest of the audience. And you know how brutal the Apollo could be if you ain't coming correct. That's right. And he said he got booed. And then he said, and I'll never forget this, he said, and I realized I looked at my family while this was happening, and I'm getting booed. And afterward, I said, okay, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, he realized, like, even though... He felt like it wasn't the worst thing to get booed. Right. So he just went back. It wasn't a thing for him no more. He said ever since then, he's never had a problem yeah. doing sets. You know, what that, that type of thing wasn't in him. But I'm pretty sure some anxiety always goes into a performer, but it's not the same anxiety that you initially had mm-hmm. and you continue to grow mm-hmm. exactly. the more you do it. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, having family there, having that, that support system that you know is going to love you no matter what mm. uh, is is extremely important. You know that's how I felt even as a as that seven or eight year old kid. You know, I looked over and saw my dad and mm-hmm. my mom and ignored my older sister. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, but those are kind of things that help you help you make it through it. But for me, at that juncture in my life, I was very sure that I didn't want to do it again. Hmm. It, it, it seemed like an awful lot of pressure do to be f- under. Do you feel like those extra, those opportunities to speak that came after kind of found you more than you finding it? Because like, you're a pastor now, so how, how do you go from <laughs> feeling like I don't want to do this to routinely doing this? I mean, is it something that opportunities just found you and you stepped up each time or is it something that you eventually realize all right i want to do this like how do you get to the point where you are now from that point well when it comes to being a path for me for being a pastor and preaching it's not really a case of i want to do it right you know right uh i've grown to really enjoy preaching um but it is just one of those things in your ministry where you are amazed at how God through the presence of the Holy Spirit will stretch you and give you abilities that you did not even know that you had and that that really is it I I claim none of this you know it is definitely God's grace God's mercy God's love poured into my life and that, again, is one of the reasons when I stand and preach that I am so aware of the fact that I am a vessel mm-hmm. left to my own designs. So I have to tell you, I'm amazed at what comes out of me sometimes. Right. You know, I'm like, I know I prepared this sermon, but wow, that's, that's quite an insight, right. you know. Right. So, again, a reminder that, that I am I'm, I'm but a vessel. Um, so before we land this plane, um, what are some things that we can do to strengthen our ability to communicate um, to an audience? 
large, small, medium. Yeah, we, we, we've touched on it already. Have purpose, be passionate about it, and be prepared. Three Ps. Mm-hmm.